The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. To the members of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, transgender, queer, and two spirit community, both across the public and within our service, on behalf of the Edmonton Police Service, I am sorry. We are sorry. These actions cause pain, they erode trust, they create fear. They cause members of the public and our service alike to feel unsafe on their own streets, in their workplaces, and sometimes in their own homes. These actions raise yet another barrier for our lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, trans, transgender, and two-spirit communities to their fundamental right to simply be who they are. We acknowledge, apologize, and take responsibility for our past wrongdoings and what they have done and continue to do to people's lives. That's Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee issuing a formal apology for wrongdoing committed by the police department against members of the city's LGBTQ community. It's a big day for many in the community and its allies. We have a couple of guests this afternoon. Up first, Dr. Christopher Wells, an advocate and associate professor at McEwen University. Hi, Christopher. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. My pleasure. All right. So listening to that uh, today, your thoughts? Well, it was a pretty uh, historic and heartfelt day, uh, for sure, in the city of Edmonton. Um, You know, myself, I never really imagined that we would hear those uh, words coming from a chief of police or the uh, Edmonton Police Service. Why did you not think that? Why did you think you'd never hear it? Well, uh, you know, our community has suffered, uh, you know, long systemic uh, discrimination and prejudice, and a lot of that was uh, directed by the police. And, uh, you know, today's today's apology uh, starts a, a healing process, and and by no means is that uh, discrimination or, or prejudice stopped. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's, it's really about accepting and acknowledging the wrongs of the past and making a commitment to move forward together into uh, hopefully a better future. Um, Christopher, you know, I, I always say don't read the comments, don't read the comments, don't read the comments, and then ah, I read the comments. <laughs> and uh, I, I know you know that all too well as well. Um, you know, for those people who are like, ah, we need, why do we have to apologize to everyone? You know, come on, bunch of whatever, and, you know, this sort of stuff. When you look back, maybe you can delve into a bit of, of, of history for those right. who, are, who are wondering why this apology was necessary. I go back to what was it, 1980, 1981, the bathhouse yeah. raids, um, that sort of thing, and what happened there. Can you, can you shed some light on that for, for those listeners who just have no idea about it? Sure. You know, I was born in 1971, and I consider myself as a a gay man, the first generation born free uh, in this country, because I was born when I was born, I wasn't considered to be a criminal. But before, you know, uh, 1971 and 1969, when, uh, you know, Pierre Elliott Trudeau famously said the state has no business in the bedrooms of the nation and began that uh, process of decriminalizing homosexuality. Um, you know, you were born a criminal mm-hmm. simply for no other reason than who you loved. You feared that one day the police would come and knock on your door and arrest you. 
right? And you were you were you were forced into the fugitive dark spaces of our society just to be able to uh, find community and to uh, have some sense of uh, existence. And, you know, thankfully, uh, history has marched, uh, you know, forward. But um, just look around the world. There are still over 70 countries where being mm-hmm. LGBTQ is a crime and over seven where it's punishable by death. So, um, you know, the privileges that we have here in Canada and, and in Edmonton, where we don't have to fear, uh, you know, waking up in the morning and being arrested by the police, um, you know, uh, I think is a real signal of, of uh, progress. And, of course, you know, um, depending on how you identify as a, as a ethno-culture minority or a, a racialized minority or as an Indigenous person, you know, your experiences in society and the police and even within the LGBT community, it can be quite different. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, as, as I'm reading more and more and more, and I'm going back to the, you know, and people are, are saying, come on, really? The police really arrested people for, for being gay? And I'm like, yeah, they, they actually did. And if you Google and you do some research, you can read about it. And and um, gay men were were arrested for consensual sex. Right. Their their names were, were published. And, oh, Oh my goodness, I think for a lot of folks out there, if uh, their names were published about who they were having consensual sex with, they'd be they'd be really ticked off as well. Um, but we have yeah. a long we have a long way to go still, Christopher. And um, as as you mentioned, this isn't just all in the past. Like right now, there's still challenges in this community, and we certainly saw it, you know, uh, last year at the Pride Parade, and we're we're still seeing it now. And and um, members of the LGBTQ2 uh, plus community still um, having issues. And as you said, everyone, the community within the community, people feel things and have different um, interactions with police, with military, and, and, and that continues to be a challenge. Yeah, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, a challenge, and it, it stems from, you know, there was a, you know, a time when the police were uh, those instruments of the state and were persecuting, you know, uh, individuals, and um, you know, right up to uh, present day today in Edmonton, mm-hmm. we've had lots of discussion around, you know, carding or or police information checks and showing how those are are largely based on, uh, you know, race on how people perceive you. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, there is a there is a there's a connection amongst these issues and that they're systemic issues. They're issues that have no place, you know, in 2019 in the city of Edmonton. And I think what was really positive about the chief's message is he acknowledged that. He acknowledged that this was a long-held systemic issue. And uh, not only did he apologize, but he started to lay out some concrete actions of how the police service is going to take responsibility and help to lead this change that's needed in partnership with the affected communities. Yeah, well, you know, talk is talk. Right, you need to you need to walk the walk, and it was interesting to hear uh, Chief McPhee outline um, some of those those plans. One of them saying, for the first time in EPS history, the police departments of uh, uh, equality, diversity, and human rights will report directly to his office. And again, wanting and setting up a website for people to share their stories. Um, how important do you think those changes or those plans he outlined to move forward are? 
Well, the chief said, and I remember this quote, uh, words matter, actions make a difference. And he's absolutely, you know, right. And I think, you know, there's this recognition that we need to engage with communities where they're at in many different ways. And we want to hear all of the the input, whether that's in person, anonymously, or through uh, community groups or organizations, um, you know, to help the organization do better, right? The answers are out there in the community. Uh, and the police service can't change without the community's help. You know, I was, uh, as I sat and watched that today at uh, my desk, I had tears in my eyes for, for many of my friends and um, uh, for so many in, in this community because um, I can't imagine how hearing that felt today. Um, you know, I can, you know, be on, on, the, on the sideline and be an ally, but to, to have things like that happen to me in my life and to have felt that, I don't know what that feels like. So, um, Dr. Wells, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon and for, for talking about this. I, I really appreciate your time. You know, it's been a, a really interesting day. We have this historic apology from the chief, and at the same time, we have youth across uh, the yeah. province walking out of their That's schools right. um, to, uh, to send a message to the Kenny government that we don't want to see our rights um, rolled back and protections weakened for a very vulnerable, um, you know, group in society. And so, you know, I, I hope our government hears uh, these young people, and I hope our government can learn from the chief of the Edmonton Police Service about what it takes to walk together in truth and reconciliation. There's got to be some pride there today, you know, on for you know, uh, you know, sh- uh, from from for you from you for the Edmonton Police Service, but for all of those students who said, you know, what I'm going to I'm going to stand up on going to let my voice be heard today well and it's quite a different message when you know today in today's society that uh the, the police have your back they're not your enemy they can be your friend dr wells thank you so much thank you we will not hide behind historical context what was once permissible can no longer be condoned as a police service our behaviors have not always aligned to our obligation to build a cohesive welcoming and safe community Our apology cannot erase what has been done, but it clearly can be a beacon to move forward from. As Chief, I want to make it abundantly clear to the Edmonton Police Services Committee committed to standing against homophobia, transphobia, and any other kind of marginalization, shaming, disrespect, or hate. We will not tolerate it within our community, within our own organization, and certainly within our city. Let's be clear, this is not behind us. There's a lot of work ahead. We need to face it honestly and be prepared to work it thoroughly. Apologies are important, but they aren't enough to create the kind, meaningful change we need. I have decided to take some immediate steps to create that change. (coughs) For the first time in the history of the EPS, the Equity, Diversity and Human Rights Units reports directly to the office of the chief. That's a reflection of its fundamental priority in my approach to policing, but we must be committed to going further. We need to not just face that our organization has done, but also to take ensure steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. You're hearing more from Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee and the apology he delivered today uh, to the LGBTQ community on behalf of the service. Joining me now, 
With more reaction is John McDougall, an LGBTQ activist, a major in the Canadian Army and a member of the Edmonton Police Commission. But want to make it clear, he's not speaking on behalf of the Police Commission today. Hi, John. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my friend, um, what did you, you were there today, you were there uh, with, your, with your husband today, uh, and I saw the pictures, um, I sent you a message, and I was, I was emotional uh, listening to it. What was going through your mind when you heard the words? It was remarkably emotional for both Dave and I. Um, I think the amazing part of this apology is how it's differed from every other apology I heard. When I was uh, attending Mr. Trudeau's apology in Ottawa, uh, it was an apology and that's all it was. So my, my analogy for this has been that federal apology was a dead-end road sign with a sorry written on it. <laughs> the apology that the chief provided today is more like cutting the ribbon on a brand new highway that has road signs and mile markers to tell us how we're progressing. That's the difference between those two apologies. John, so there's there's hope going forward that things will change, that things will get better, that they will continue to get better. I believe that's absolutely true. The, the biggest thing that's going to mark success in, in the Chief's initiative is the community. If the community is not willing to engage, if the community is not willing to to be part of this evolution, we're going to miss out. We're, the, the city, the, the police are going to make mistakes. It's inevitable. We're all human. What's important is that the community understands that mistakes will happen, come together to help get us back on the center of the road and going forward. What do you believe was the, the most important thing that you heard today? Was it the, I'm sorry? Was it the plan to move forward? Were the changes that uh, he's implementing? Uh, that might be a tough question to answer, John. There was so many positive things from, from what he said. The word I'm sorry is often overused and it's not sincere. I firmly believe the the manner in which the chief presented today, it was heartfelt it was sincere, it was genuine. There are people who can read a speech and mm. there's people who can act a speech. This man gave a speech from the heart. He had the words in front of him, but the speech came from his chest, from his heart. So I think the fact that he did say sorry, uh, the fact that he has a concrete way ahead that is not an EPS-driven direction, it's a community direction, and the fact that he has engaged every aspect of the marginalized communities to be part of that. John McDougall joining me this afternoon. We're talking about the apology that Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee delivered earlier today. Um, you know, right in the, the rotunda, the center of the, of the, um, the EPS headquarters. Uh, lots of folks gathered around to hear this. Uh, when he finished speaking, there was a long, long um, applause for him. What was it like afterwards, John? Um, what were people saying? What were people talking about what was the feel there the overall feel was so positive and i think one of the most telling things was as you mentioned that prolonged applause i think that speaks to the fact that we couldn't give a standing applause because we're already standing but (laughs) i think that that protracted applause spoke to that secondly the fact that there were no really defensive questions or there were no hard questions for the chief I think that speaks to the sincerity of his apology 
and how well received it was. But the whole room was so positive. I don't think I heard a single negative comment as I meandered through that atrium. Now you talk about, you know, moving forward, the uh, the plans that uh, Chief McPhee had and outlined uh, moving forwards, uh, forward in, in that including um, one of the branches now reporting directly to him as well as setting up this website to get people to share their stories. Um, how do you believe that members of the community are willing to do that? I'm, I'm not naive. I mean, there are still people who don't trust the police, and I understand that. Certain elements of our community have been marginalized and feel like they have become an enemy of, of the police. So I don't think the the speech that the chief gave today is a light switch that's going to change the world overnight. It's a... Uh, it's a marathon it's not a sprint i think this was the first step to engage the community to understand how sincere he is about this and the fact that the the committee is reporting directly to him should speak to his his interest and his commitment to making this happen. I just think that as as the new police chief within, what, two months of him being in this role to come out and do this, um, that sends a very strong message. I think uh, there's a completely new culture in the Edmonton Police Service. There are, uh, there's a small upstart of officer, um, officer-centric LBGTQ community within the service that I don't think would have had... Um, the same legs or the same um, possibility in previous times, uh, i.e. prior to two months prior to this. (laughs) Um, So I I think that it's not only a breath of fresh air, but to have a chief that is disengaged, that is so interested in ensuring that all the citizens of Edmonton are represented, protected, and have free and open access to the police service, is such a breath of fresh air for this city. John, before I let you go, I know you're, I think you're heading back to uh, Wainwright this afternoon. Um, you've been in the Canadian military and the Canadian Armed Forces for what, over 30 years now? Yes. And um, you've seen a lot of change there. Um, you were instrumental in uh, getting that pride flag raised for the first time out at, um, at Edmonton Garrison. Now you've witnessed this. Um, you know, I could say we've come a long way, baby, but there's there's still uh, there's still a way to go. Looking back on on how things have changed over the past decades um, in the community in in for you, can you reflect on that just a little bit? Uh, there has been such a colossal amount of change in the last ten years. I would like to think that there will be a point in time where advocates like Murray Billet and myself won't be a necessity anymore. If if change continues with the intensity, with the sincerity and the speed that it is now, I am confident that whatever went on 10, 20 years ago will be in history books and it won't be something that people have to live, experience or have to go through. Wow, wouldn't that be something else? John McDougall, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I look forward to seeing you again soon, my friend. Thank you very much, Jalen. To make sure we get this right, It has to be guided and informed by those in our community, by those who have spoken out before and by those who haven't yet had the opportunity or the ability to share their voices. We are requesting your advice, your guidance, your partnership, and ultimately your help.
and we will start today. Inclusivity is vital, not just in who participates, but in the ways they can participate. Your experiences and those of your community are unique, and that translate into different needs as we consult. We want to hear what those needs are so they can shape the consultation and reconciliation process to be open to as many voices as possible.